Hope you have your coffee ready, folks. I have had an amazing conversation with an Army veteran, Mr. Rich LaMonica. And it's one of my favorite things to do is chat with veterans and hear their story and how they've gotten through the tough times and what it is they do to get through the tough times and how they share those nuggets of wisdom with other veterans. So sit back, relax, and let's listen into the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so happy that you're spending just a small part of your day with myself and my guest today, Rich LaMonica. He is an Army veteran who realized having a purpose in life is the best way to live. He is a life learner and is pursuing his doctorate from Liberty University in Homeland Security. He is the host of the Misfit Nation podcast, and he started the podcast as a way to help veterans find their voice by telling their stories, along with bringing in experts who are willing to share their tips with veterans on how to be successful through their actions. Rich, thanks so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce today. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm glad we were able to get together on my show and then, of course, flip the mics around to, to let you put in, put you in control of this one. <laughs> I'm in control. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it was. And thanks again for having me as a guest on Misfit Nation. I love your show, and nope. I love the premise I'm behind it. So let's dive right in. You're an Army veteran. I'm an Air Force veteran, so no jokes, no, <laughs> no tossing jokes my way. I get enough of them as it is. <laughs> you get all the lobster and steak you want see there he did it folks he did it. he went there <laughs> but i want to know share with myself and the listeners what what is it that moved you in your heart to start misfit nation and provide a platform so veterans can share their voice and their stories sure uh, i retired in 2015 uh june of 2015 and it took me a year to find a job. So I basically sat home, drank beer, hung out with my dogs and uh, until my wife really got tired of having me there. And uh, she said, you have to get out of here and find a job. But I, it wasn't that I wasn't trying. I was trying, but people thought that since I was in so long, I wanted more money than I was asking for. I never got to ask for money. I, I would apply. Oh, he's he'll want too much money. We can't afford him. So finally, uh, 365 days later, I was hired by the mission continues. It's a veteran nonprofit based out of St. Louis, Missouri. And my job was to help other transitioning veterans through a six-month program called the Fellowship Program. And during that time, I was able to guide and mentor uh, veterans for about two years. I was there about, uh, I think, six classes, I think, six or seven classes of veterans and listen to their stories and what actually irked them, what made them tick, what what was what was their issues they were having with their transition and how could they be uh, better served by, by the community, by the population. Uh, two years after I started, I got a job right here uh, at Fort Campbell on post training soldiers. But I kept my mind on on that ball that I learned with the mission continues all to veterans issues. I kept my finger on the pulse of the veteran community. And then when COVID hit, of course, we all had this crazy thing. Uh, let's start all crazy new ideas and stuff. So 2020, uh, me and my wife, we decided right when COVID hit to sell and buy a house right in the middle of a pandemic. So that was awesome. And so we're in a new house. We have all these new rooms and stuff. I thought this room would be cool for an office slash studio. I said, this is nice. And I always thought about my platoon uh, from Afghanistan 2010-11 as my, my band of brothers there, the Misfits. And I said, you know what? I don't think I'm going to start a podcast because I have about eight hours left a week where I do nothing because I have my schoolwork, my work, 
family stuff, cooking and everything. I have about eight hours that are not dedicated to anything. Let me start a podcast called the Misfit Nation that I can bring veterans on and get that burden of their story off their chest. And that's where it started in 2010 with that platoon as we bonded and became a family. And I just kept that name all the way through till now, of course. And we're still very close. But when I started the podcast, it was purely to get veterans on here to get that burden off their chest. So I knew that they were breathing at least that day. They were able to get that breath off their chest, that weight off their chest. Kind of like when you came on, you were able to tell your story and you felt a little better telling your story. And you do it every time you tell your story. And when you get that burden off your chest, you're able to breathe a little bit, at least for a day, a week or whatever, until you have to do it again to let that release out. Because a lot of veterans, they believe that their story isn't worth it or they don't want to burden someone else with their story. So they keep it all locked up inside until one day it explodes. And we wind up with having more of that 22 a day or uh, if it depends on what report list to, it could be 44 a day, depending on what statistics you're doing right now. Because five years ago, most of the veterans that 22 a day were Vietnam veterans who basically were just forgotten when they came home. And then now our generation is mixed in there with them. And there's a lot of, lot of things going on that we don't know about from the outside. And of, of course, like you said, it, it has evolved over the last two years as a show to bring in a lot of experts like authors, uh, life coaches, all types of life coaches, physical trainers, business owners, musicians. I even had someone from Hollywood come on to try to, he was also a veteran, to try to help people see the steps it takes to get over there. So everything we can do to keep the Misfit Nation going and, and grow our web, I guess, of veterans to help them all and to help each other as we grow grow out of this. I love the whole the whole premise of it and, and your mission and what you're doing and how it's evolving. You said a couple of things that, that caught my attention. One is how sharing your story, it's that release and that'll help you get through that day. Now, I don't know if, if the listeners understand just how important that sentence is to get through that day. Right. Getting through a day for veterans who are, are struggling in any form, you know, if they've got PTSD or maybe they had a, a traumatic brain injury or anything, anything like that, transitioning back into civilian life is not easy. And getting through that day, that's a very strong statement for those who understand it. Yeah. I do. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sure you have had those moments too, where, you know, I'm, okay, I got through that day. I got through that day. And sometimes that's the best you can do. And you know what? That's awesome. Right. You know, cause your best that you can do, it, it's, it's awesome because you did it. And right. people just don't see those silent battles that people fight every day behind the mask and the smile that they put on every day. Another thing you mentioned was for you personally, this caught my attention. You said, I had eight hours a week that I hadn't committed to anything. For me, I know I have to stay busy. Right. I, I am not one that can just sit around because then I think too much. Yes. And then when I think too much, I'm inadvertently opening doors and letting other stuff in that's no longer welcome. So... If you could expound upon, I still had eight hours that I didn't have committed to anything. Okay, I, caught, I caught that. A lot of people might not have, but I did. 
like you said, uh, I think most of us, as we get out, we transition, no matter what part of your career you got out, you could have done two years and get out or 22 like myself. You, you live by a checklist when you're in the military and basically every day is planned out for you. When you get out, you need that same kind of vibe, that same kind of, I'm going to stay busy all day long until I pass out or I pass out doing one of those things during the day. So when I realized I had those eight hours per week left and uh, my wife was okay with this, I, I asked her after, of course, but uh, I knew that those eight hours I needed to do something or I just, like you said, the idle hands, idle minds, and uh, it starts playing tricks with your mind or you do something stupid uh, that you didn't need to do at that time. So if I'm doing something constructive, I feel a lot better. And of course, by the time I'm done with all this stuff, all week I pass out and I miss other things on TV or whatever, but the TV, I can turn back on the stream later. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and I, I barely watch TV. I I stopped watching it probably about three years ago. Oh, um, I just found nothing of interest on there. <laughs> I, I do watch stuff on Netflix or, you know, every once in a while, you know, I'll find a series that I'll binge watch, but it's usually late at night. Because yeah. I'm a night owl. I don't sleep a whole lot. I'm an early bird and I'm a night owl. <laughs> also another trait of veterans right there. They'll, yes. They'll stay up late and wake up at five, four or five in the morning. Uh, like me, since 2001-ish, I wake up at two in the morning every day. Wide open. No matter what time I go to sleep, I wake up at two wide open. I just have to get up, walk around, yell at my dog for stepping on me, and then go back to bed somehow and try to knock it out again. But 2 a.m. every morning. Yeah, I, for years I had the 3 a.m. Oh, <laughs> and I I called it the middle of the nighters. <laughs> you know, here I am wandering around my house. Well, might as well get a cup of coffee. Well, might as well do this. Might as well do some laundry. And, you know, then by noon you hit a wall, but right. you still have, you know, and if you're working full time, you're like, well, I still have half a day at work here. I, you know, see how I'm going to get through. Yes. It's hard. It's hard. And a lot of people just, you know, a lot of folks, and this is not negative at all. Folks just don't get it. Right. You know, if, if you've, if you haven't been there, done that, you just, you, you just don't get it. And that's why another reason I like your show and the premise, because hopefully it'll help others understand maybe just a smidge more of what your veteran, you know, if you're, if it's your spouse or your son, whatever friend, neighbor, what they're going through or what they may be going through because right. I've noticed, and I'm sure you have, so let me know. I'm not one who just randomly shares with people everywhere I go, you know, if I'm having a crap day and give any details of why I'm having a crap. Well, I'm having a really bad day. I didn't sleep last night. I was having nightmares. I had flashbacks the whole day before. Anxiety kick. You know, you just don't share that stuff. You try to keep it bottled up until, you know, you feel that you're comfortable to talk to somebody. Right. Or, or I explode in a frenzy of cleaning. Oh, wow. I never get there. That's funny. I do my, I, you know, I, a couple times a year, I have like incredibly clean, well-organized kitchen cupboards and closets. Wow. Yeah. That's the two days it goes nuts on you. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. Yeah. And it's always this time of year. And literally, I just did it again. So, you know, I can, I have patterns, which I've recognized over the years and I can feel them coming. And so now, thankfully, I have the tools in my little toolbox that I can reach in there and say, okay, this is coming again. 
this is what we need to get through. So do you have things like that? You got your little toolbox that you have to dig into every once in a while? Usually a gym or a long a jog or walk. So uh, me and my wife both have uh, issues with mental health. And uh, we just we walked 26 miles a couple weeks ago just to vent it and go. And I mean, it hurts, you know, because you're getting older and stuff. But <laughs> we, you get through it. You work your way through it and uh, you know you can do it. And you just go as long as you have to to get that off your chest. And I used to call it my, my that was my temple. Uh, I'd go out and I'd work out. That's my temple time. That's me time, temple time. Just throw some weights around or walk or jog or run. I used to run, but now my knees are getting worse. So jog, walk is easier. So I do that. I, I walk a lot. I walk miles, uh, you know, and that's where I tell folks that's where I breathe. And I, li I live in the country, so I'm surrounded by fields and woods. And my dog and I are out there two times a day, at least a half an hour each time, just <laughs> walking. You know, I'll be like, okay, come on, bud. It's time to go breathe. <laughs> and that's that's what I call it. That's when I breathe. Get out there, breathe, chit chat to whoever it is that I need to chit chat to at that time out there. And, you know, I always feel better being out in nature and coming back in. I, I always, I feel better. It's calming. Yes. To me. It's a release, I believe. And it helps you out a lot. Then you can go back and reset the clock and come and do it again when you have to. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just got to, yeah. Got to hit that dang reset button. So, you know, I've, I've often wondered why it hasn't broken my reset button, but I guess it's good that it hasn't. <laughs> One day that bell won't have to go off anymore, but uh, hopefully it, that's a long time from now. <laughs> right. Well, my, my other dog that he was 14, he was with me and tremendously supportive and intuitive just, <laughs> just naturally. He was my rock for through many, many things. And so for 14, oh my goodness, we, we walked hundreds and hundreds of miles. Um, <laughs> And now I've got a new rescue here. He's he's going to be six, I think, this in January. I think he's going to be six, but he's still full of vip and vim, so he keeps me on my toes. <laughs> Not so much worried about you. He's worried about him still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's a totally different dog. It's really interesting. He's starting to show signs of catching things with me. All right. You know, like coming near or nudging me with his nose. He's, he just, within the last year, he started, and I've had him about four years almost, just within the last year, he started doing that. And I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing now, bud. You know, so he's getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and he's a totally different dog. My other dog, my other dog had it immediately. But how are your dog? You've got dogs you mentioned before when we were off mic. Do, do you notice that they're intuitive with you? They sense things. Oh, uh, I have four uh, that range from uh, one that's nine, one that's seven, and two that are three. The two that are three are you know, like yours, full of zip and vinegar, and uh, they care about themselves a lot. But the other two, the oldest one's a lab, still thinks she's two years old, but he'll run into me, but it's usually for him. But my seven-year-old, he, since we've had him, he's always been able to sense, since he's been around since I retired, basically, that December after I retired, he's been my rock since then. He he kind of made me mellow out that year I was unemployed. So he's been with me the whole ride and he'll come up and just put his paw on me. And like, he's trying to shake my hand or rip my leg up to let me know he's there. But he, he's <laughs> not about it. I've had many scratches from nails down my legs. Just, my home right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause they're just saying, Hey, Hey, I'm right here. What do you need? What do you need? <laughs> can if you give me something? Right, yeah. Or you can give me a treat while you're at it, you know? Right. <laughs> Now, I think animals are 
They are amazing. They're unconditional. And I know it's used all the time, unconditional love, but it's true. They give you all they have because their life is to please you. That's all they want to do. They want to be loved and they want to please you, you know, and it's how human. So they, that's what, that's what they love. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So where, what do you see for, well, no, let me backtrack because this is how my brain works. Um, You had mentioned you have all kinds of different experts and stuff, how your show evolved from having just the veterans sharing their story to bringing on all kinds of different experts and stuff. So how did that come about? Is that something that you came up with or some, you just met someone and said, Hey, why don't you come on the show? Uh, A couple of my early interviewees, they say, Hey, Hey man, this is great. You're doing great things for us, but we also need this other help. So I just took notes. This is what we need. Need other help. Good. Then I started like out on Podmatch and other things, other guest uh, platforms where I wasn't just reaching for veterans on Facebook. I was, I went on these other platforms and I found a lot. I mean, people want to talk, they want to help. They, they all start off with, thank you for your service. We'll do this. And, and, and they go in and say, all right, what do you think they want to talk about today? I said, what do you have to offer? What can you bring? What expertise can you bring? Not what do they, do they want to talk about? What do you want experts you have? And, and then they just flow. And that helps them out a lot. And they call back, say, that was a good one. That was a good one. Nah, that one, eh. <laughs> you got to take the good with the bad. So it, you know. That's right. That's right. Oh, so when I was on, did people say, eh? Uh, you got thumbs up. There's a lot of thumbs up. <laughs> Yay. Yay for thumbs up. I didn't, I didn't totally suck. <laughs> you, didn't the, you didn't get the buzzer bounce. <laughs> the buzzer bounce, yeah. The old BB. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most interesting person outside of a veteran you know that you had come on that that you really got a lot out of and just said holy crap i have to have them back on dave sanderson was a real good one early on for me he was the last uh, non uh, crew member to get off the plane that crashed into the hudson river wow and i met him before when i was i volunteered to red cross and he did a speech there and i met him and we stayed in contact so i asked him would you come on he came on it was a great conversation it was like talking to a brother just hanging out talking to him and his, uh, his journey from uh, going through that, going through the crash and then bouncing back and to what he does now, he's a motivational speaker now. He's a great dude and great family. And it was a great, great conversation to have him on there. Oh, he, he would be. He would and be. He wasn't, he was before I did video. So he was a, just an audio guy. <laughs> just an audio guy. <laughs> on one of my first mics. <laughs> oh, yeah, your first of 14. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what other types of ex- experts have you had on? I had, uh, Hermie Castillo was my uh, Hollywood guy. He was one of the people that went through the fellowship with me when I was in St. Louis. He was a Navy veteran, and uh, he got into Hollywood. He was on NCIS. He was on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, uh, Superstore. He was on much, and it's on one of the soap operas. I told him I wouldn't watch that one, but I watched all the other ones for him. <laughs> yeah. I just, he came on and told his journey, because he was from California originally, and he wanted to share how he got into the business and how hard it is to get into the business. It's not just, Hey, I'm going to go do this and you're in. He told him that. And that was a, that was great. That was a lot of people enjoyed that one. Uh, some of the authors I've had on from, uh, I had some from New Zealand that came on to tell their journey, how they became writers, even after having another career starting to, to write and, and how it took them to that journey to get into the author world and actually get published and I guess market themselves outside of the Island, uh, outside of New Zealand across the world and it was a good journey for everyone to hear how to market themselves and sell themselves and that's always good stuff no matter what you're doing yes you can't just stay in your box (laughs) no no and that's a that's a 
I'm glad you brought that up, staying in the box. A lot of jobs that people are in, and I'm sure that you've noticed it or even experienced it, you are put in a box. Yes. And this is your, this you know, you have your job description and this is what you're supposed to do and only do. And don't rock the boat. Don't step outside the box. Just do your job. I've noticed, at least with veterans, because I, my background is sales and marketing for 25 plus years. And there were a couple of positions I held where I was the one who hired and fired. I would often say, what else are you bringing to the table? You've got a great resume and you're going to fit this job. Perfect. Well, what else? And that often stopped people. They were surprised by that question because I know I've never been asked that. Right. So, you know, what's your, what's your take on that on stepping outside the box or as an employer? Letting them expand their wings. Um, yeah. What I know is uh, statistically most veterans uh, quit their first job within a year because, because of that very same thing, because they want to go in, they want to work hard. They want to, they want to work the whole eight hour day. They don't want to just uh, oh, we have this task and it has X amount of hours next to it. We have to do it within those hours. Don't do it all today. You have 40 hours to do that job. Don't be an overachiever. And that really irks a lot of veterans because they know they can do a lot more and get a lot more done. So I've seen that and uh, I didn't like it. So my first job, I stayed two years because I did not want to be a statistic. So I said, let me get two years. And then this, this, this job opened up and this job here is glorious because you're not in a box at all at this job and there's all veterans in the office. So we talk a lot of crap all day long. So it's like you never got out, but you're able to, Hey, I want to do this. And they all jump in and help. I want to, I want to do X. Oh, that sounds awesome. Let's see if we can all can get this thing going and mind meld happens and we get it going. It's no, uh, Oh, we have to do this by noon, this by four and get out of here. I can't stand that. And uh, I don't think a, a lot of veterans can't stand it. No, I, I have to agree on that. <laughs> I, I was, you know, and everybody, there's probably a lot of folks out there listening to, or you're currently in one of those positions where, yeah, this is the task I want you to do, but it's probably only going to take you four hours, stretch it to eight. Right. I've had those jobs. Like you had said, you stayed two years. That's literally what I did. I stayed two years, but then was regularly looking Active. during that second year. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this for another five, 10, 15 years. You know, because the days become long and you feel like your brain's going stagnant. And for a lot of veterans, there's way too much energy yes. <laughs> to sit and just, you know, to pass the time. <laughs> exactly. Yes. And uh, well, I had a Vietnam vet at my first job and he had a he had a rule that we couldn't eat at our desks. Ah, good rule. You had to get up, you had to get up and go. So we all had, we had a little break area and we'd all sit together, but you couldn't be at the office. That's, that's a good rule. So that he, he embedded that in our head. And that's something that I, I stay with now. I don't stay at my desk and I leave all the time. So yeah. If I stay past those. The, uh, the, the veteran post that I'm a, a life member of here, it's, it's called the veterans of the Vietnam war. Post okay. 52 VVNW. They recruited me years ago when I was still a pup. And they call me the kid, which is funny because now I'm in my mid fifties and I'm like, you know, you can call me the kid as long as you want to. Cause they're, they're in their seventies now. <laughs> we all grew up together. <laughs> Different. But, uh, they're, yeah, I, they're all 
now in our veteran post, it, we are all, we spend so many hours a month volunteering. I mean, there's no set number. I mean, I'm saying a lot of time volunteering and helping other veterans and we do it quietly, you know, on the back end. It's not something we, you know, we go public with and say, yay us, look at us, how great we are. It's very done very quietly, not stepping on anybody's pride or pushing them to do anything they don't want to do but helping nonetheless. And I've noticed that um, that generation of veterans, they, they will keep on going until they can't. Right. They just go, go, go. I mean, and it's, you know, there's no sitting around. There's no messing around either. All right. Hey, we got to do that. Hey, we need a, we need a post building. We're, we're tired of borrowing these rooms. Let's raise money and build a building. And we're like, okay, let's do it. So we did. You know? <laughs> and everybody had their skill set like some were really good at getting donations some were good at building there was electricians there was plumbers we got that sucker built but that's like the veteran mentality that i've seen yes. and i'm assuming that you've seen the same thing on your end in your neck of the world yes and uh i volunteer for the travis manion foundation i'm the co-leader of the chapter here along with uh chris and sarah lancia and harriet bloodworth so the four of us combined probably have probably 60, 70 years of military service. And Chris, uh, he's a, Chris and Sarah are the leaders and he's an amazing photographer, a PAO kind of guy. So he puts it out there. He gets everything we do out there and, and we all nug together to get operations going here. So we do operation legacies where we help the community do something. Well, right now we're uh, setting up a package, a uh, packing thing to send troops overseas that are over in Eastern Europe right now. So we're doing that. Uh, we did a, a, back to school, uh, pack the, the backpack thing where we, we helped 150 kids get backpacks that probably wouldn't have had good backpacks this year or good feel because, you know, economic woes and stuff. Right. So we did that and we just come together to do it. And you'll see veterans just flock to these events to try, Hey, what can I do? What can I do? If they can't actively be there, what can I bring to help you? And then I'll leave. And it, I see it all every time when these, uh, Travis Manion does it, uh, team RWB here, red, white, and blue. It's another giant organization that does things. Irreverent warriors that they get uh, veterans just to get out and walk. It's kind of like my show, but live. They all walk and invent their stuff, and they wear silkies, which is like kind of a marine thing. But I just wear regular shorts. And, uh, <laughs> they walk and they just have a good time. And there's things for veterans out there. It's just what you want to do. You got to find your niche. Like you found yours in your post, and that's your family now. Yes. And, and that's what you got to find that 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 niche that helps you and helps others. And if you're helping others, you have that purpose. And I think you keep moving forward. It makes a huge difference to help others because a lot of times you're getting more benefit out of it than you realize. Yes. Um, and you had mentioned, you'd mentioned sending packages to uh, men and women deployed. I've been doing that for 22 years, once a month Outstanding. through our veteran post. It's called project support our troops and uh, the commander's wife and I, it was a couple years actually before nine 11, we started and just sent out like six boxes of candy to veteran members, their family, their kids okay. that were serving. And then, uh, you know, we just started getting more and more and then 9-11 happened. And then it just absolutely exploded. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. Once a month, we send at least 150 boxes to those who are deployed around the globe. Everything's done by donations and we are now as of December 6th, we are starting our 22nd year of doing that. 
Wow, that's outstanding. And that, but hopefully, well, you some... know, we look back, we're like, damn, we're getting old. Um, <laughs> 22 years, what the, you know, and, uh, but it's, it's been amazing. It, it's been amazing that the letters that we've received, the phone calls that we've received, how we've been able to, and I don't know if people realize just how important those that are serving, especially in hotspots, how important a box of things and items that we take for granted here in the States, just what that means to someone who is, you know, so far from home and going through God knows what. Right. And sometimes you know? it's just getting the box. It doesn't matter what's in it. it. You get the box and, ah, someone loves me back home. And this is, or someone in the States loves us. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I often get a, and I, I wonder if you're going to get this comment too. family members. They'll be like, oh, well, we send them boxes every month. So that is awesome. That is a beautiful thing. It's and it's expected that family members should send boxes. I go, but it's also an amazing thing when they get boxes from people they don't even know. And then they realize, wow, I'm thought about and prayed for by strangers. Right. You know, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm often amazed at just how often we hear that. Oh, well, we, you know, I'm his mother, or I'm his grandma. I send him plenty of boxes. Yeah. Like they don't want someone else to send stuff. And that might not be the case. That's just how it comes across. And I've always been surprised by that. And I'm like, you know, we want to keep in touch with them too. You know, we, because we've been there, done that. It's kind of like them, they're discounting yours to try to pump their own up. And it's a, uh, I guess, look at, look at what I did kind of syndrome. I, I'm not sure what the syndrome name could be, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I often think that. And then I feel bad for thinking that. And then I'm like, but why should I feel bad for thinking it? Because I really think that's what they're doing. <laughs> <You know? clears throat> Get the swirl Iraq. going. I was in Iraq 0304 and a lot of people were doing like adopt a platoon or something like that. I think that's what it was called back then. And I'm still in touch with those people now. I the Bianchi family, they're just uh, outside of San Francisco, and they're like our family. They they watched my daughter grow up. They talked to my wife. They talked to me to make sure I'm okay, and I talked to them to make sure they're okay. And that's since 2003, I think, is when the first package I got from them. And they supported me on all other all four of my other deployments, so it's amazing. And, you know, it. and you're right. It is amazing how, yeah. how those connections happen. We've had numerous veterans over the years it's 22 years is a long time make it a point to travel to our state to thank us in person yeah for sending them and their 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 unit and or their platoon or whatever it was that where they were at their group of people i'll just say to continually you know regularly once a month that they had something to look forward to oftentimes some of our boxes would end up with a chaplain yeah. And Marine chaplains, which is, you know, interestingly enough, it was always Marine chaplains. And they would keep in regular contact with us with emails saying, this is what my guys need, or morale is really, really low here right now. And if you're able to. Please help with this. Yeah. Please, you know, could, could you send a few extra? All right. And we would drop whatever we were doing. And say, well, the packing's not for two weeks, but let's go pack up 40 boxes here. Here's 150 bucks. Let's go to the dollar store and just fill Love up it. the car, you know, <laughs> and uh, we would do that because too often we would get incredibly sad phone calls or emails that would just 
they were heartbreaking. Right. And we would feel it so personally simply because we were, we were keeping in touch with, you know, the whole group for months and months. And then to hear, you know, maybe they, they all rotated home and then you get a phone call one day. That all of them did not. So. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, <laughs> we put, and I know you do the same. I put my whole heart into supporting veterans and have, I wouldn't still be doing it 22 years later if I didn't. Right. Um, because I know what it's like to struggle and you do too. So as we wrap up and before I start bawling like a baby, <laughs> golly, um, as we wrap up, can you share with the listeners something just personally from you out there to those veterans that are listening right now, just, just a nugget of something, whatever it is you want to share. Definitely. Uh, first, uh, like we talked about earlier, every day you wake up, it's a victory. So start those victories every day. If you could get, you wake up, a lot of us have aches and pains when you wake up, you stand up, that's victory number one. Make your bed, that's victory number two. Stack those victories every day. Don't look at the negativity you see during the day. Look at the positives. The negatives you can't dwell upon. You can't dwell on the past. You can't redo the past. You got to keep pushing forward. If you stay in the in the present and do everything in the present, stack those victories daily. If you did 19 victories today, do 20 tomorrow. And just keep a little tally and, and beat yourself every day. If I can beat myself every day with these victories, and that's something we say on the Misfit Nation, stack victories. So stack your victories daily and remain positive. Phone a friend. Do not do things alone. Phone a friend. You are not alone. You're not superhero anymore. Someone's there. They will answer. People say, reach out to me. It's because they want you to reach out to you. They don't want you to not be there, not even be able to reach out to them. Uh, and I think that's the best three nuggets I can give right here. And those are wonderful nuggets. And I absolutely love stack your victories. Thank you. Whether it's getting out of bed and, or making your bed or having breakfast. <laughs> you know, that's three victories right there. Not true. Stack your victories. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And also, as you mentioned, you know, reach out, call a friend. 988 is the new veteran crisis hotline number folks 988 and then press one that's the key to getting yourself to directly to the veteran crisis hotline super easy number to remember you don't have to remember the long number anymore although it still is in use which is 1-800-273-8255 and then press one but that new one is 988 press one please reach out especially this time of year folks the holidays are upon us Yes. And that can be a very hard time for a lot of people and myself included. I'll be very honest with that. So reach out and uh, set your pride aside. Sometimes you have to do that because asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a tremendous strength. Definitely. So Rich, thank you so much. This has been awesome having you on the show. I'd love to have you on again sometime if you're open to that. Definitely. Awesome sauce. So, folks, this is Rich LaMonica, uh, my special guest today, Army veteran. We won't hold that against him. <laughs> I, will have, I will have him on again soon. So, Rich, thanks again for being my guest on Let Fear Bounce, and I hope you have an awesome day. You too. Thank you for having me. Everybody out there listening, this is Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed. <laughs>